Hello, and we are on Crush It Chapter 7. Keep it real, very real. Authenticity. We've talked about paying attention to your DNA. But while the concept of authenticity is closely related, it's not the same. Your DNA dictates your passion. Whatever it is you were born to do. Being authentic and being perceived as such by your audience relies on your ability to ensure that every decision you make when it comes to your business is rooted in being true to yourself. For example, I would love to change the opening of my show. It starts off the same almost every time. And so do my podcasts, I've noticed. Not these particular ones, but all my others. This is how he starts his. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Wine Library TV. I am your host, Gary Vaynerchuk, and this, my friends, is The Thunder Show, okay, a.k.a. the Internet's most passionate wine program. It's not exactly what some wine lovers are looking for in a wine expert, and I lose about 12% of my viewers right off the bat because I yell and scream like a maniac. For a businessman like me, that number is intolerable. And I desperately want to change the opening of my show to something a little calmer, more refined, something that won't scare people away. But I can't, because that yelling, screaming, super excited guy is who I am. If I tried to tone things down and make myself appealing to that missing 12%, I can guarantee you that everything I've built until now would start slipping away. Because now, every time I get in front of that flip cam, I'd be putting on an act. I'm not putting on a performance when I do the show or my blog posts. I'm just being me. Invest in the important stuff. One of the silliest questions I get is, what kind of mic do you use? To that, I reply, why are you even worrying about that? Your content has nothing to do with the mic, the camera, the lighting, or the set. The day I filmed my first Thunder show, I sent the stock boy out to buy a $400 video camera from Best Buy. Now I use a fancy Sony that cost a few thousand bucks. But most of my recent shows... I tape on a $150 flip cam, and they look fine. Watch the show. What do you see? It's me. Sometimes it's an awesome guest, ranging from my dad, Dwayne Gretzky, to Jim Cramer. Some bottles of wine and a jet spit bucket. I only invest effort and thought into what I care about and what I need to create great content. My business blog, GaryVaynerchuk.com, is even less dressed up. A lot of times I'm filming from my office, which is usually a mess. I could clean it up to look more professional and polished, but it seems wrong to do that just because the flip is flip cam is running. There's nothing scripted and nothing staged about my blogs, and I always, always do only one take. No redos, no tweaks, nothing. People walk in and out of the office. I wave to folks passing in the hall. Whatever happens during filming is what my audience will see. 
I've filmed posts from balconies, hotel rooms, the street, even my editor's office. Anywhere an idea strikes me. Sometimes the sound quality sucks. Sometimes the light is bad. As long as I get my point across and feel like I delivered the message in an authentic way, I don't care. Once upon a time, the most popular celebrities were boxed up in such slick, sleek packages it was almost impossible to get a feel for their real personalities. Every move was choreographed, even their love lives. And even when they weren't on the red carpet, they were red carpet ready. Those days are long gone. The celebrities of today, the ones who are making it huge by connecting with their fans, whether on the screen or online, are all about keeping it real and being themselves. No matter how big or small you want to go, your authenticity will be at the root of your appeal and is what will keep people coming to your site and spreading the word about your personal brand, service, or whatever you are, you are offering. If you want to dominate the social media game, all of your effort has to come from the heart. And it can't come from the heart in the passionate, irrational, wholehearted way it needs to if you're trying to be anyone but yourself. Authenticity is what will make it possible for you to put in the kind of hustle necessary to crush it. Hustle. I've said over and over that if you live your passion and work the social networking tools to the max, opportunities to monetize will present themselves. I've also said that in order to crush it, you have to be sure your content is the best in its category. You can still make plenty of good money if you are fourth best in a category or ninth best. But if you really want to dominate the competition and make big bucks, you've got to be the best. Do that, be that, and no one will be able to touch you. With one exception, someone with less passion and talent and poorer content can totally beat you if they're willing to work longer and harder than you are. Hustle it is. Without it, you should just pack up your toys and go home. Now, I'm betting that most people who pick up this book consider themselves hard workers. Many are people just sick of the killer hours and inflexible schedules. And demanding bosses often found in the corporate world and think entrepreneurship will somehow be less taxing. I hate to disappoint, but if you're looking for an easier time here, you are barking up the wrong tree. There might be a little more flexibility to your day, should you be at liberty to devote yourself full-time to building your personal brand, but otherwise, assuming you are doing this right, you'll be bleeding out of your eyeballs at your computer. You might have thought your old boss was bad, but if you want your business to go anywhere, your new boss had better be a slave driver. <laughs> Too many people don't want to swallow the pill of working every day every chance they get. If you're making money, through social media, you don't get to work for three hours and then play Nintendo for the rest of the evening. That's lip service to hard work. No one makes a million dollars with minimal effort unless they win the lottery. The cool thing about hustle, though, is that it's one more thing that equalizes the playing field. Fifteen years ago, you could have had a solid rock, a rock-solid idea of your DNA and your passion but there was a billion to one chance of you acting, actually crushing it in business. 
The platforms and channels were just too narrow and guarded by some pretty tight gatekeepers. Now we can take advantage of the explosion of the of tremendous free digital platforms on the internet, which are also making the gatekeepers more and more irrelevant. And now it's no longer a special interest story if you make it big without family connections or money or in education. Because everyone can do it. The only differentiator is the game. In the game is your passion and your hustle. Don't ever look at someone else who has more capital or cred than you and think you shouldn't bother to compete. You may only have a million dollar business and your biggest competitor may have a 50 million dollar business. But if you can outwork him or her, you will win over time. Anything insane has a price. If you are serious about building your personal brand, there will be no time for we. <coughs> there will be no time for Scrabble or book club or poker or hockey. There will be no time there will be time for meals and catching up with your significant other and playing with the kids and otherwise you will be in front of your computer until 3 a.m. every night. If you are unemployed or retired and have all day to work, maybe you knock off at midnight instead. Expect this to be all-consuming. The thing is, if you are living your passion, you're going to want to be consumed by your work. There's no room for relaxation in the flop on the couch with popcorn and watch TV kind of way. But you won't need it. You are going to be... You're not going to be stressed or tired. You're going to be relaxed and invigorated. The passion and love for what you do will enable you to work the hours necessary to succeed. You'll lose track of the time, go to bed reluctantly, and wake up in the morning excited to do it all over again. You'll be living and breathing your content, learning everything you can about your subject, about your tools, about your competition, and talking nonstop with other people interested in the same thing you are. As hard as you are going to push yourself, don't plan on seeing results right away. I'd say that this leads us to the number one issue that trips up a lot of otherwise savvy entrepreneurs trying to build their brand online. Patience. Patience. 90% of the people I hear... Ninety percent of the people I hear from are in complaint mode, usually to the tune of, I'm working hard and I'm crushing it and nothing's happening. What gives? So I ask, how long have you been at this? And they'll usually answer something like six weeks. Six weeks? You don't build businesses in six weeks or two months or six months. If you contact me within a year of starting your business to complain that you haven't made the money you thought you would, you're not listening. I said that you could make a ton of money being happy. I didn't say you could do it overnight. People listen to me talk about what it takes to monetize their personal brand, and sometimes I think they filter out the parts they don't want to hear. They think, I've got the passion, I can do hustle like nobody else. Patience? Leave that for the other guys. I'm going to turbocharge this sucker. But patience is the secret sauce. Once you put up your site, you don't want to start and stop backtracking second guess. It'll make you look insecure and foolish. If you're a patient, you'll be more likely to plan and prepare and make 
sure everything is in place before making the big moves that are going to monetize your brand to the fullest. Everyone makes a big deal over the fact that it only took me 18 months from the time I launched WineLibraryTV.com to getting booked on Late Night with Conan O'Brien. I started taping episodes in 2006, back before most people were watching online videos. I'm sure if I started the blog today, now that more people have iPhones and are watching online videos, it would take me even less time to get on everyone's radar. Yet, as fast as the results seem to have happened, I can assure you that the whole process took a hell of a long time. You'll recall that I was only 16 when I started working the floor at Shoppers Discount Liquors, selling wine to customers, which meant that I still couldn't drink the stuff. I knew, though, that appreciating wine and therefore being able to sell it and discuss it confidently meant developing a great palate. I read all the tasting notes in Wine Spectator and started to learn to identify flavor profiles of things that I could easily find at ShopRite, like pear, papaya, cherries, chocolate, and blackberries. I didn't stop there, though. I sought out more exotic fare, like cassis and black raspberry preserve and starfruit. Recently, I discovered goji berries. Good stuff. But there was more. Critics noted hints of cigar and dirt and even sweaty sock in wine. I knew they were guessing. There was no way they'd sucked on a sweaty sock. And I thought, well, if I'm going to say something tastes like a sweaty sock, shouldn't I know what it tastes like? So I gave myself an education. By the time I was 21, I had an incredibly developed palate, even though I hadn't drunk much wine at all. When I started developing the idea for building Wine Library TV and later, and later GaryVaynerchuk.com, I knew that I would have to use the same kind of patience and methodology to learn the social media business as I did to learn the wine business. It was patience that helped me grow Wine Library too. I was 22 years old and running a $10 million business. I did it with good old-fashioned hustle. Every customer who walked in got monetized to the fullest. If they walked in for one bottle, they usually walked out with three. And if I was being paid $27,000, oh, and I was being paid $27,000 a year. Most young people who take a business from four to 10 million feel they deserve a watch and a car and a cool apartment as rewards for their savviness and hard work. Get over that. You come last. Before you invest in yourself, you have to invest in your long-term future. That means your profits should funnel right back into your research, your content, and your staff should you have any. And your staff should you have any. The sooner you start cashing in, the shorter window you have in which to cement your success. So hold off as long as you can. This is why, as ambitious and thirsty as I was for mega success as a business developer, I didn't make a peep anywhere the first year and a half that I was airing the show. I didn't try to make one biz dev deal. I probably could have had some success had I jumped the gun, but my remaining patient and ma but I remained but by remaining patient and making sure I knew exactly what I was doing. I was able to avoid taking any steps backward once the speaking engagements, consulting opportunities, and adv advertisers started showing up. How did someone like me, who is so obviously not a patient guy, cool my heels for so long? Because I was 100% happy. 
I loved what I was doing. I knew down to my core that my business was going to explode. But even if I had fallen flat on my face, I would have had no regrets because I was doing exactly what I wanted to do, the way I wanted to do it. That's exactly, that's exactly why where I'm at. It's like, <clears throat> right now we are in a situation that's very similar to this. I, even if I fall flat on my face, it's just I keep moving forward, keep moving forward, keep moving forward because I know that things are about to explode. And I'm going to be able to help house people and it's going to transform lives and help people to live, work, play, love, learn, and pay it forward. To have that purpose in their life, to live on purpose. I just, I feel so blessed to be reading this right now. Now, do you get why it's so, so important for you to center your business on your passion? If you enter a niche because you are following the dollars, you won't keep it up. It's too much work and you will get tired and frustrated and you will eventually fold. You have to think about building your brand in terms of a marathon, not a sprint. It will take longer to see results but in 7 or 9 or 15 years, you won't crack. You'll still love what you're doing. What exactly are you going to be doing that's going to be so time and labor intensive? You'll be studying your topic, researching your platforms, drafting your blog post, doing whatever it takes to become the foremost expert in personal brand in your field. But most of all, you will be creating a community. We're on to chapter eight, create community. I'm just gonna keep going and not break this up. Create community, digging your internet trench. A lot of people get wrapped up in designing their blogs and writing or taping their content. But creating your content is the easy part. Of course, your product should be as good as it can be, but it should also be the least time consuming element of your whole endeavor. What you do after you tape a show or write a record is the whole game. Creating community. That's where the bulk of your hustle is going to go and where the bulk of your success will be determined. Creating community is about starting conversations. So speaking of conversations, I just want to remind you, buy this book, buy Crush It. The point of me reading this is to get you to buy it. I'm going to be giving gifting this book to hundreds and thousands of people, but... I want you to also buy it. Um, I'm not just reading this to understand it, to embed it in myself. I'm reading this so that another voice can read it and put it out there and inspire people to buy it. Creating community is about starting conversations. When you move into a new house, you meet your neighbors by going out in the evenings and shaking hands with people walking their dogs or taking their runs. Complimenting people on their gardens, introducing your kids if you notice a family playing in their yard with children of the same age. If you go to a conference, you meet your fellow attendees by introducing yourself and shaking hands with everyone else who's milling about. You trade antidotes and information, hand out your business card. Creating community online works exactly the same way. To create an audience for your personal brand, you're going 
to get out there, shake hands, and join every single conversation already in play around the world about your topic. Every single one. Jared Montz is a retired professional soccer player who relies heavily on just about every platform we've discussed in this book to build his brand and America's first online soccer academy, jmsoccer10.com. Though he barely understood Facebook and didn't have a Twitter account when he started, he now considers them his biggest asset, using them to build a community of soccer fans and friends, draw traffic to his site, and alert followers whenever he posts a new blog, video, or podcast. That's right, he uses all three. I go to bed at 3 a.m., wake up at 6 a.m., and spend hours commenting and talking with people about soccer. Not selling them my stuff, but talking about soccer. They will find out what I do on their own without me spamming them. His equipment? A laptop. His fiance's six-year-old camera, a POS tripod, and his iPhone. Is he crushing it? In his own words, I'm having a blast. It's fun to meet people and players no matter what. But business-wise, the potential is just scary. It takes a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. But if you love it, then it's all worth it. Every subject, no matter how small, has an internet trench. You need to find it. Googling is a way to start. Every night after taping an episode of my show, I'd spend the night eight or nine hours in the internet wine trenches, digging up as much information as possible about who was talking about wine and wine-related subjects and products, what they were saying, where they were going, who they were reading, what they were drinking, what they were buying, what they were slamming, and then I'd start reaching out. At a certain point, your business will start gaining eyeballs and your community focus will change. Whereas at this point, you are initiating contact with anyone who might have an interest in your passion. Later, you will spend these late night hours responding to the people who have responded to you building and sustaining community is a never-ending part of doing business i would read hundreds of blog posts and leave comments on many of them i'd spend time on wine forums and read what other people said and then comment on those comments you are going to do exactly the same thing here's why here's how first create your blog post and distribute it through TubeMogul video or ping.fm links so that your content appears on every social networking platform available. Next, start paying attention to other people's content. You are going to use the tools we discussed in the last chapter, like Twitter search, to seek out every mention of your topic on the internet. And you're going to comment on every single blog and forum post and tweet that you can find. Now, you're not going to say something just for the sake of saying something. You are an expert, right? You love your topic and you've been doing your research. So you leave expert, intriguing, thoughtful, provocative, intelligent comments with your name and a link back to your blog. Last, you're going to capture. If you are as good as you should be when you're talking about your passion, people are going to be intrigued by what you have to say. Even if they don't follow you immediately, if they see you appear on their site often enough, they may get curious enough to follow you back to your blog. That's when you've got them.
you know how to solidify your fan base, pay attention to them. I picked up the phone to talk to people when it seemed warranted or appropriate. The chalkboard behind me during many wine blog episodes is for my hardcore fans. Whatever appears there is a coded message or inside joke just for them. Little gestures like these say, hey, I see you here and I appreciate it, carry a lot of value. Those little gestures do carry a lot of value. Capture. You just brought someone who's interested in your topic to your blog devoted to that topic. What you do now is exactly the same as I used to do when someone would walk in looking for a bottle of wine and I'd send them home with two cases. You monetize the heck out of every interaction. In this case, you're not giving people something to drink. You're giving them something to think about and ultimately to talk about. If your content is smart and interesting and eye-catching and entertaining, and if you are the best it should be, most people who come to your blog will be happy to become regular readers, listeners, or readers, viewers, or listeners. Make it easy for them. We covered the importance of user interface and call to action buttons in chapter six. Call to action buttons include subscribe, allows people to opt in to getting an email every time you post a blog, follow me, keeps viewers apprised of your tweets and status updates, join my fan page, announces the viewers newsfeed that they think enough of you to be a fan and helps put your, your site on other people's radar. Share makes it easier for viewers to post your link on Facebook, MySpace, etc. Twitter this. Email this. Your long-term goal is to get sticky and create more and more opportunities to communicate. Your audience joins your fan page. They comment on your blog. They tweet and tumble your posts. And slowly, but, sh- but surely, their friends take notice and start doing the same. And yeah, they're but surely their friends take notice and start doing the same and their friends take notice and suddenly your little community of one explodes into a major metropolis the power of one how do you know when you've built a community when one person is listening wine library tv had five viewers at first don't get obsessed with how many friends or fans are following you the stats are only marginally important What's important is the intensity of your community's engagement and interaction with you. At this point, the quality of the conversation is much more revealing than the number of people having it. If your content is making people talk enough so that they start to make some noise, I guarantee you are going to see more people showing up to your party. As long as you're seeing your audience grow, even modestly, over the first four or five months, you're doing what you are supposed to do. The day you see that one person is reading or watching or listening to you is a day to celebrate. It is an amazing thing to know someone gives a crap about what's going on in your world, your life, your brain. Don't take people for granted. The word of mouth power in one interested person has unbelievable reach. Believe me, one day you'll miss your small intimate community where you could carry on sustained conversations and get to know people really well. I know I do. 
but I still try to get in there daily. Next steps. Now that you have a community, you've got some place to put a killer marketing strategy into play. The one I use is the best in the world and has never failed me. Nine, the best marketing strategy ever. Care. That's the whole chapter. That's the whole chapter. Chapter nine, the best marketing strategy ever is care. Got any questions? Email me at gary at vaynermedia.com. Chapter nine, the best marketing strategy ever is care. Care, care. That's so funny. 10. Make the world listen. Any topic can be turned into a profitable, sustainable, social media-driven business. Let's see how we could pull together all the tools and concepts we've discussed so far to build a business around something really fun and exciting. How about accounting? Let's say you start on a Monday. So on Monday, the first day of the rest of your life, you do the following. Go to GoDaddy.com and try to buy your name as in first name, last name. If it's not available, try yourname.tv. Now I got lucky with a name like Gary Vaynerchuk. Are you a CPA named Robert Smith? Sorry, Robert Smith, you are screwed. Obviously, someone has already bought robertsmith.com or robertsmithcpa.com. Now is the time to get creative. How about bobthebudgetman.tv? <laughs> if you can't come up with anything appropriate or all of your top ideas are unavailable, email me at gary at vaynermedia.com and we'll brainstorm together. Buy both.com and .tv if possible because you never know if you'll need them and there's no obligation to launch both. While you're at it, buy the domain names for your children if you can. In addition, note that every time you hear about a new platform that looks like it's going to go mainstream, you'll have to register your username, twitter.com, bobthebudgetman, facebook.com, bobthebudgetman, etc. I see no reason to buy any other domain addresses like .org or .me, but I could be mistaken about that. As with almost every bit of advice I offer in this book, if your instinct tells you there's a better way to do things, by all means, Go with your gut. Prove me wrong. And if you do, I'd love to hear how you did it. Two, next, start a WordPress or Tumblr account. This is the blog site that is going to host the domain we just bought. Next, hire a web designer. I know, I know, I've said that production values don't matter. This is the exception. Having navigated a million badly designed websites, I've come to the conclusion that hiring a designer to make sure that you've got excellent user interface in the form of properly placed links and buttons is a worthwhile investment. This is the only place where I'm telling you to spend money. You want to create content from a home base and all this marketing is to get new customers into the store. If it doesn't look like a nice store or the products aren't on the popular shelves, you won't convert no matter how much hustle and sweat you put into it. You put in. Imagine spending 900 hours promoting the new store opening and then thousands of people showing up, but sales were lackluster. It's because your design was not on point. A service like this will cost you some cash, 
one to five K. But if you're on a budget, don't sweat it. Don't put off launching your site just because you can't afford a designer. Start for free and customize later once you can afford it. If you use WordPress, there are a ton of free WordPress themes or site designs to choose from. I still think a professional designer will give you a better look and feel, but the WordPress themes are very good. Now, one thing I do want to mention just recently in his blogs, Gary has talked about, it used to be a profitable business to build websites. Now it's not. WordPress is easy. There's enough tools out there that most people can do a WordPress site on their own. That doesn't mean that everyone can do a WordPress site on your own. If you have trouble, hire a designer. Pay the money. Don't skimp. Just because you can create a free website out there doesn't mean that you can, <laughs> if you know what I mean. If you are filming a video blog, buy the $150 flip cam, something small and light, preferably high definition, that you can use anytime, anywhere you are inspired. Now, I think a GoPro is really great, but really just your phone. Your phone is what to use. That will get you started. But as a camera, aside from your iPhone, a GoPro is cool to have with its wide angle, plus removable storage removable batteries um you know the waterproofing that kind of thing uh, the video stabilization in the new gopro 7 black is extraordinary i've used it quite a bit and i've been very happy with it um overall so the only thing is is the heating up and it breaks up videos i would prefer huge video files like the iphone does but i understand why the gopro does it anyway those are just my personal thoughts five create a facebook fan page six open a twitter account with your domain name seven if you're doing video open a tube mogul account if you're doing a written blog sign up for ping.fm Start pumping out content. Let's say you are charismatic and have good screen presence and decide to do a series of videos called Fun Facts from the CPA. Every night you post a video of yourself explaining tax rules in your unique, informative, entertaining way, educating your audience, yet also revealing why you are passionate about, some, about what some might think a dry, esoteric subject. Talk about whatever you like, as long as it doesn't get you in trouble with your parent company. For example, explain how the recent change in the presidential administration might affect the ordinary taxpayer. What really happens if a person misses the April 15th deadline? What strategic fiscal issues should a small company consider before deciding to grow? Put as much content out there as you can. There are people in your field who will hate you because you'll be offering up information for free, which they often charge. That's okay. When viewers need accounting help, whom are they going to want to do business with? The guys who hoarded information or the person who proved himself to be open and honest and generous? Find a way to incorporate some personal stories and details into your posts. Use anecdotes from your own life to illustrate concepts. Let your personality shine so that eventually people who have no need for accounting information are coming to you to hear you just because it's you. 9. Tweet or post your content via PingFM or TubeMogul to distribute it to all your chosen platforms. 10. Go to search.twitter and start searching accounting terms. 
like taxes, 401k, accounts payable, and anything else that might be relevant to your blog topic. Start following many of these, keeping in mind that Twitter does not allow you to follow more than 10% of the people who are following you, or better yet, reply them publicly. Next, go to blogsearch.google.com or to Google, click on more and choose blogs. From the pull down menu, start typing in general terms like taxes and filing and search all the obvious keywords for every blog where you find a mention of these terms. You're going to leave a comment and your name, which should be linked to your homepage. Search the term 12. Search the term accountant on Facebook. Click on the tab for all results and click on pages. There are hundreds of fan pages with nine members, some with thousands. Join as many active ones as possible, but make sure to keep track of them all. When you're done, hit the tab for groups and do the same thing. Although I don't recommend creating your own group, there's no reason you shouldn't get your name on any pre-existing ones that are relevant to your passion. Repeat, 13, repeat and rinse. You will do steps five through and eight through 12 over and over again for as long as your brand exists. If that sounds tedious or repetitive, just close this book and go do your best to enjoy the life you've got because you're not cut out for this. If you're willing to hustle though, you'll find you don't get tired of the hunt because every conversation you start up is another opportunity to talk about something you love more than anything else. What's boring about that? A few additional steps. Don't forget to include a list of all your social network links, such as twitter.com slash GaryV, forward slash GaryV, on your email signature, letterhead, and business cards. Two, make sure you have a big fat button on your site that says, want to do business with me? Question mark or something along those lines. We are thinking of this brand building as a marathon, not a sprint, right? So right now that button will just be there as a reminder of where you're ultimately going with your brand. It's unlikely you're going to get biz dev offers right off the bat, but you never know. More likely as you build your community, you will see the following progression. Enthusiastic fans, free product offers from businesses that notice your growing fan base, Biz dev deals from individuals smart enough to see they need to do business with you while you're still affordable. One of my favorite mantras is anything is better than zero. But true to my contradictory nature, let me just say that the longer you hold out to monetize your blog, the better. Everyone's financial situation is different and you may feel compelled to take some of the first offers you get from advertisers, for example. Try to wait, not just because the stronger and bigger your audience, the more cash you can demand when the time is right, but because as soon as you start focusing on monetizing by necessity, you will start to pay less attention to your content and your community. When you're ready though, the opportunities to monetize your personal brand will blow your mind. Chapter 11 is monetizing. This next chapter, let's see how long it is. It's going to be a good idea. Oh, yeah, okay. I can read this chapter. 11. Start monetizing. 
Up until now, you've been focusing on building your brand by creating killer content and getting that content some traction by building your community one email, one comment, one tweet, one status update at a time. Once you feel you've grown to a point where your brand is sticky and your audience has made your content a regular, even necessary part of their community and their online experience, you can start to actively create revenue streams. Unlike in the beginning when you threw out a big net into a pond to capture in as many members of the social media school of fish as possible, you're now going to drop in your line to a variety of smaller ponds. Be patient. In time, if you continue to hustle, you'll grow your presence and improve your skills to the point where the fish, really, really big fish, will be jumping straight into your hands. Some revenue ponds to consider include the following. Advertising. A lot has been made of the fact that magazines and newspapers are being crippled because of companies because companies are pulling their ads to save money during this recession. Well, of course they are. The cost of radio, magazine, and newspaper advertising space is not in line with the returns in today's world. But companies need to sell if they're going to stay alive which means that even if their budgets are somewhat smaller than they used to be, they have to spend money to remind customers they exist. If they want to sell a product, they have to advertise. The difference now is that they're not going to waste their money by throwing it against the wall and seeing what sticks. There are hundreds of billions of dollars in ad revenue out there that need a place to go, and they're winding up online because it's the best return on investment advertisers can find. Remember where people, consumers, go. Money follows and the people are spending more and more time in the blogosphere. If there's an active, energetic, passionate community spending time on your blog, there is no reason on earth why advertisers wouldn't want to spend a portion of all that ad revenue there too. For example, you are Sally Gardner from upstate New York. You've decided to monetize your passion, vegetable gardens. You've left comments and started conversations with thousands of avid gardeners and gained some traction as the most expert and entertaining gardener online, vegetable gardener online. You're good. You're really good. People who couldn't tell the difference between a sprig of parsley and cilantro have come to your site to watch episode, watch the episode where you use a water pistol to defend your last tomato from a hungry squirrel, only to lose the tomato to his partner in crime lurking behind you in the shadows. Your first instinct when thinking of ways to bring dollars to your site might be to sign up for something like Google AdSense, which allows you to post Google advertisements related to your topic. I'm not a big fan of these because it distracts from your content and makes your page look cheap and cluttered. It also doesn't pay that well. I'm disappointed that so many good bloggers have become dependent on it there are far more creative avenues to pursue. Here's a better idea. Number one, classy banner ads, a la decknetwork.net, which appears at the bottom of your site. Don't overdo it. Go to google.com, search for subject matter, and check every blog and website to see which companies pay for Google AdSense ads to be posted. Cold call every relevant company that is buying space on Google AdSense they're already spending the ad money on the web. Why not spend it on you? You can find a video on topic 
on this topic on GaryVaynerChuck.com. GaryVaynerChuck.com search cold call. Speaking engagements. Next, start taking steps to get on the lecture circuit. Have you any idea how many gardening conferences and flower shows go on every week in this country? Come up with an original theme or topic. Call the show's coordinators and offer to give a talk for free. What does that get you? The same social equity as you get with your fantastic online content. It gives you a chance to A, talk about what you love, B, build cred, and C, do it in front of an interesting, uh, an interested audience, one of whom might be the coordinator for another conference or garden show, and who, after seeing you talk, might be compelled to pay you to speak at their venue. As for the conference where you just offered up your services for free, it may take five or six times. But if you're any good at what you do, your audience will start expecting you to appear at these events and the conference will eventually be willing, even happy to pay you. It might take a while to get to that point, but you're patient, right? Affiliate programs. You could also consider doing an affiliate program. This is where you put a link on your site to another site that sells garden products, for example. And if someone clicks through and buys you, buys, you get a commission. This can make you some sweet cash. Think about it. A 20% commission of a $3,000 prefab greenhouse is $600. And what did you have to do to earn it? Not a whole lot. A good resource for affiliate marketing programs is Commission Junction. Amazon, too has an extremely popular affiliate program, and there are many others. Just do a Google search for affiliate programs to find them. One of my favorite websites is loaded with affiliates, but manages to do it in a truly classy way. Check out www.uncrate.com. Not sure if it still exists. One way I'd love to see more people create revenue is to create their own affiliate deal with another local business. Sally Gardner could call a local nursery and hook up a deal where she gets 10% of every click-through and sale to their website from her blog. For those of you who worry that this seems like selling out or mercenary, you shouldn't put, you shouldn't put anything on your blog that you don't believe in. Therefore, you're not going to do an affiliate with a company whose product you wouldn't buy yourself. In fact, one way to diffuse any criticism for following ads or affiliate links onto your blog is to include an explanation on your site as to why you're willing to support these particular companies. If you're honest about why you believe in the product and why you've decided to allow selling opportunities on your blog, most people won't be put off. Besides, society is getting used to product placement in movies and television. I expect we'll be seeing more of it in all forms of media. Retail. Develop a product to sell, such as great gardening gloves, decorative objects, soaps, mosquito repellent, whatever you love and think you can do better than anyone else. Even more fun, sell swag. Create a t-shirt for 5 bucks and sell it for 10 If you've got 10,000 readers or viewers and maybe 1,000 buy it, that's five grand, and it costs you almost nothing to produce. Plus, now you've got people wearing or using or displaying something with your blog name and address, giving you free marketing and word of mouth. Articles. Hit up online and print magazines and other blogs 
about contributing articles. If they aren't interested in paying you, offer to reciprocate by mentioning them on your blog. Approach food and nutrition pro nonprofits about writing for their newsletters. Talk to your local farmer's market about contributing to their publication or blog if they don't already have one. Seminars. Invite people to come out and garden with you and give them a chance to ask questions. Your first lessons will go for a relatively low rate, but as word gets around that you're good and that people are seeing results in their gardens after working with you, your rates can go up. Make it an event to broaden your appeal. Team up with a local chef who is also building a personal brand. Once the gardening portion of the day is done, everyone joins together to cook a terrific vegetarian lunch. Invite someone from the local food bank to give a talk about how and where people can donate food they grow in their gardens. Coordinate field trips for local schools to come spend their morning with you. Books and TV. It's almost a cliche to remind you that good blogging can lead to, to book deals. From tackling every recipe, recipe in the first volume of Julia Child's Mastering the Art of French Cooking to a set tyrical list of stuff white people like or a collection of photographs of crazy gross food this is why you're fat <laughs> blogs have been a hot commodity in the publishing world and have proven their potential as bestsellers video blogs too have led to tv opportunities amanda con congdon who got her start video blogging and hosting Rocket Boom, has appeared on many TV shows. For a while, she had a deal with ABC and HBO, though it looks like that didn't work out. Perez Hilton, celebrity blogger, had his own reality show and continues to appear on TV. Andy Samberg was a cult internet hit with his comedy troupe Lonely Island before becoming a star of Saturday Night Live. Consulting as your audience grows and your blog starts to get real attention in the form of media coverage, ad revenue, and request for speaking at functions, expect to get re start getting requests for tips and advice from many other gardening bloggers. At first, you'll want to offer your time for free, but if you're sitting on a heavy knowledge base, you should eventually start to charge for your time. If you come across as legit and honest, people re will respond favorably especially since you have now lived it. How would this process look if your passion were board games? Pretty cool, actually. 1. Start a video blog called Board Game TV. 2. Send out an email to everyone in your address book asking if you can borrow every game they have in their attic. 3. Review every game. Examine the packaging, the origins of the game, things you like about it, things you don't like, the history of the game. 4. Post it with an eBay affiliate link for the game. You'll get a commission every time someone buys from the link. Do that for several months, making a little money. Launch Collector Friday, where you talk about a valuable or rare game you don't even own. Maybe one that's up for sale. Interview the person selling it. 7. Knock the hell out of your content for a few months and it's entirely possible that someone from the Today Show is going to ask you to talk about board games or your blog on their program. Suddenly, you get a call from Parker Brothers asking if you'll talk at their convention or be their spokesperson. It could, hack, it could happen. Heck, 
it will happen. Advertising Redux. Everyone who is able to build a gardening show with a 10,000 with 10,000 viewers is perfectly justified in reaching out to the big boys. All you have to do is buy a stack of gardening magazines, flip through the pages to see who advertises, and then Twitter or Facebook status out. Hey, BMW, why are you spending 50 grand on a full page ad in Home and Garden and getting little return on your investment when you could play something with me for just a couple of G's and get crazy ROI? Create some hoopla. There's one more thing you can do, but it takes a very particular kind of DNA to pull it off. Launch your site. Put out a few days worth of killer content. Pick up the phone and call big corporate advertising agencies and tell them that what you've just done. Explain to them how your expertise and your passion are going to make this thing huge. Tell them you're giving them an incredible chance to buy out the show for the next year while you're still unknown. In a year, you'll be able to sell space for three grand an episode, but since you need the money now, you're looking for someone to invest and grow with you. Show support today, and you'll repay them with undying loyalty through the course of your career. Sounds outrageous. I'm telling you, that play is in play somewhere. Ten people reading this book will be able to pull it off. When you do, let me know at Gary at Gary Vayner at VaynerMedia.com. As you can see, there is lots of money to be made, albeit in dribs and drabs to begin, by siphoning off money from already existing sources. Some ponds I've mentioned are shallower than others and might not give you the kind of return you dream about right away. 50 bucks here, 300 there, but how much is your blog earning you now? Nothing. And you're going to turn away 50 bucks? Say it with me. Anything is better than zero. That doesn't mean you should do anything to earn a buck. But neither should you walk away from dollars if you don't have any. Too many pe people think they're big shots when they're nothing in the grand scheme of things. Don't drink your own Kool-Aid. It will negatively impact your business decisions. Even if your ambitions are huge, start slow start small, build gradually, build smart. The money will be there, and more important, so will opportunities. The next chapter is roll with it. Chapter 12, roll with it. We are almost done. It's pretty wild to just read this book straight through like that. Powerful, powerful, powerful stuff.